Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. When did it get complicated, us having to cut and paste links instead of buttons and things? It's weird. (laughs) Well, it all happened when our recording software merged with Spotify. Mm -hmm. That's when it happened. So now we're Spotify for podcasters instead of whatever it used to be. (laughs) So intimately related, you can't even remember (laughs) the name. I was like, what was it? It wasn't Acorn. (laughs) Acorn's that investing app. I don't even know. Do you remember what it was called? (laughs) How about Audacity? No, that's not it. That's your that's your editing software. Oh, that's my editing. What was it? I don't know. Oh my gosh. We We loved it so much. We loved it so much. What was it called? That's so random. Oh my gosh. I'll think of it tonight at about 11 (laughs) o'clock. It's funny. And the fact that we're fixating about it is what's funnier. I know. Maybe we need Savasana. Maybe we need that stillness. (laughs) (laughs) That is so it. So anyway, hey, Kat, how are you? Hey, Tanya. I'm doing great. (laughs) How are you? And we're here giggling away, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) What you been up to? Busy, 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 you know, but, you know, I hate to say busy. I've decided I don't like that word. Every time it comes out of my mouth, it just pisses me off because our society uses busy like a badge of honor. And I know for, so whenever I say I've been busy, well, I really have been, I was invited to read some of my book at a book club last week. And I read a few pieces that I'd never read out loud to anyone. I was sniffling and it was, they were kind of emotional. One was when I told my kids I had cancer and the other was when my hair fell out and they, I'd never read those to anyone else. I was tearing up and, and I looked up at the group of women and there were probably 25 people there. And I looked up and they were all crying and dabbing their eyes and blowing their nose. And I was like, oh my gosh, then I started crying even more. But it was it was very interesting. It was very fun to share, you know, part of me with this book club that and I was very honored that they wanted to listen. So some of them may be listening to our podcast sometime too. Oh yeah. Did you oh. hand out podcast cards? I handed out business cards that had uh, podcast info on the back what? too. What? Spreading the good word. (laughs) I love it. I love when I have people come in and and they're like, oh, I just finished listening to you and now I get to talk to you again. (laughs) I love to hear that, right? Yeah, I do too. So awesome. So uh, we are talking about a topic today, even though it doesn't sound like we are. I know. We're talking about ourselves, talking about our lives. How's it going? We should have a glass of wine. (laughs) We're talking about savasana and that stillness, the pose of total relaxation. And it doesn't sound like you and I are doing that at all at this moment. No, we we are not. Although it's funny because I 
think my husband has not been sleeping great recently because he's just discovered that I would do more sleeping on my back in Savasana now. And he's like, I, I never realized you slept on your back. I'm like, dude, where have you been <laughs> for like, I don't know, 10 and a half, 12, 13 years that I've been doing yoga now and at least half to more of them, I try and sleep on my back as much as possible. <laughs> I'm like, where, where have you been really? Yeah. It just cracked me up. Like, I was like, <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> so the whole the whole topic, though, I maybe did my, you know, research slightly differently. I kind of took it from a level of books. I went into several of my books and I kind of took an opinion poll of each of those authors and how they see or describe Savasana. And I was very surprised by it. Mm -hmm. Now, just because I know you and I have been talking and saying Savasana, I know there's a lot of people out there who have heard it as Shavasana. Mm -hmm. And just to clarity, this was just one of those happenstance. I had been speaking with a young lady who was doing some henna art on my sleeve at one point and she and I were talking about yoga and we were talking and she said oh my husband loves yoga and I said you don't love yoga and she said I love savasana and this was mm -hmm. the conversation that we had and I mm -hmm. said is that how you say it because I've heard people say shavasana and she says oh no it's savasana and so I was like okay well there we go that's one of those words that you see over years unless you know someone who speaks the language mm -hmm. right that you just don't get it right. So I quickly course corrected and I use Savasana now. Well, and you know, no one, it is a dead language. So no one really knows exactly how it's pronounced. And I would imagine you could ask 10 Indian scholars and they would probably all pronounce it just a little differently. So I think we're all good. Again, you know? with dialects. Yeah. It's mm -hmm. like chakra yeah. versus chakra. You hear it all the different ways, yeah. right? Right. So the first one that I will throw down and then you can build from there is from BKS Iyengar Path to Holistic Health. Mr. Iyengar states that Savasana helps recover the breath and cool the body and cool the mind and that it is not only used as corpse pose, the final pose in an asana or postural practice, but it is also used many times throughout class to help a person recover their breath so that they can move through the rest of their practice, right? So uh, oftentimes we'll use savasana when we move from standing poses to floor poses. Maybe we'll use savasana when we move from back bends to forward folds. Maybe we use savasana before we go into major inversions or after a major inversion, right? Because we're using it very much as a transitional pose, but really it's meant to recover the breath and cool the body. What's amazing to me, we don't have this problem at my studio, but in Texas, I had this problem. I would have people just get up and leave when it was time for Savasana because they did not see it as an essential pose. And I love that you said it's the recovery of the breath because it Savasana is, it's more than just laying there. It's, it's 
there's so much more going on, but it is the final resting pose in your class. And it has a real important uh, purpose in your class. You know, after we've done all of our movements, after we've done all of our active asanas, uh, after we've even done the more intense yin poses that we stretch, we open, we release any attention, the tensions in our body, Savasana lets us bring all of it together, pull all of it back together and integrate all that that we've just done. And I love, I love that you use that inter- the word integration because in one of them that I'm going to read you here is in Yoga Sequencing, the book Yoga Sequencing by Mark Stevens. He refers to Savasana not only as a pose of transition or the pose of corpse pose, but that it's the pose of deep release and integration. Oh, wow. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Well, it's another time when you and I are just lining on up. <laughs> well, and I always tell my students at the end of class, like, Savasana is the most important posture of all of them because it's the chance for your body and your central nervous system to shut down so that your body literally forgets the pose. It's the beauty of, it's a little bit like Savasana acts as both a protein shake and a amnesia elixir. It's like your body gets the protein it needs so that all your muscles recover and you tend not towards major muscle soreness. You may have some, but not major muscle soreness or cramps or anything of the likes after a yoga class. But also that your body has what we call muscle memory, but because of Savasana, it does not. So when you come to yoga the next day it's like your body is brand new on the mat again it's forgotten what you did yesterday on the mat Mm -hmm. it's the best part of it and so many people i think struggle with it because they can't let their mind be still when they're in savasana and i speak from a person that struggles with quieting my mind but when you lay in savasana and you're not worrying about the thoughts in your head but you start to feel the sensations in your body then you've got a whole new focus i know i know and then over time your mind starts to settle down also and your nervous system starts to settle down and you might even drop into a more meditative state during savasana Mm -hmm. and it helps you recalibrate i love that that is so cool that you say that because in the anatomy of hatha yoga which i know both of you and Mm -hmm. i have this book by h david Coulter, he refers to the corpus pose because of your breathing. And so your focus to just be on watching your breath settle in, Mm -hmm. right? But he refers to the corpus pose as the rhythmical movement of the respiratory diaphragm lulls you into even deeper relaxation. Finally, minimizing the nerve impulses to the deep postural muscles of the torso. The connective tissues are not restraining you. Pain is not registered from any part of the body. The posture is entirely comfortable. This is the ideal relaxation. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. I know. (laughs) And if you don't want to lie there, think about it as a way to help manage your stress. Mm -hmm. You know, you mentioned activating the relaxation response of the parasympathetic nervous system. It also deactivates the stress response of the sympathetic nervous system. It can help us to lower and regulate our blood pressure. It, as you mentioned, keeps you from being sore. So it helps relieve muscular tension. I don't know how to connect an 
enough with people because I can tell them all day long the benefits of it. And some people are just not listening, but then something happens and one day they get it. And you love, I, I just love when people get something and the light bulb bulb goes off and they're like, oh my gosh. So, you know, if you are one of those people that struggles and struggles and struggles to quiet your mind, you know, try maybe removing, you know, that sensory input, try, you know, use a eye pillow, you know, because I do struggle with being still and quiet. Darkness helps me so much, but not just putting an eye pillow on. A lot of times I like to put a blanket over my torso. There's something on the real primal level about covering up your mid section to make you feel safe. You know, I find that I'm more successful when I cover my eyes and put a blanket over my belly too. Yeah. And this is, this is kind of a great way for us to segue into modifications for Savasana mm -hmm. because there are so many ways to have a healthy Savasana. The traditional one is, of course, lying flat on the mat and placing your body in what we would call the most anatomical neutral position, which I give the example, if you were to Google anatomy of the spine or anatomy of the skeleton and you see the picture pop up and the legs are out, you know, more than hip distance and the feet are kind of turned out and then you see the arms are out like at a 45 and if you were to just take that person and lie them down, that's anatomically neutral. That's right. their body and their bones all lined up in anatomical, we'll say, neutrality, right? Mm -hmm. And it's one of those things where sometimes because of our poor postures or because of our past injuries, being in that anatomically correct position can hurt. And it might take you time to get yourself back into that position and not feel uncomfortable. So until that time, use props, use what you need. If you need a towel rolled under your low back for support, use a blanket or a towel. If you need to lift the knees so that you don't have so much tension in the hamstrings pulling at the SI joint, then slightly bend the knees, put a prop underneath the knees, whether it's a rolled yoga mat, whether it's blocks, whether it's a bolster, but some support under the knees. Mm -hmm. If you have cervical trauma or degenerative disc disease in the neck, put a light blanket or a light pillow under the neck. Now, I'm not talking about like a three inch cushy pillow. <laughs> I'm talking about something very thin just to take a little pressure out of the cervical spine. Yeah. Like all of those things might be necessary tools for you to find a comfortable savasana, right? Oh, and if you're pregnant, you may want to keep the head in the chest a little little higher than the rest of the body. But even when you use all these modifications and props and tools, you're still getting the benefits. It doesn't change what you're receiving from the pose. Yeah, 100%. My last book reference that I want to bring up it was from the book <sighs> Yoga for Your Type, which is mm -hmm. one of my Ayurveda type books, the very initial Ayurveda book that I got by David Frawley and Sandra Summerfield Kozak. But I love this because their discussion of Savasana is this quote, but then there are several other topics which I want to bring up because we kind of just alluded to them. But the quote is, Savasana is the most important asana as it helps relieve accumulated vata, pitta, and stress in the body. It should always complete your asana. Notice that they say it relieves vata, pitta, and stress. 
It does, does not, not say kapha. <laughs> it does not relieve kapha because it is kapha. Right. Savasana is a kapha style posture and it will help to relieve pitta and vata in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. But then I love how it kind of gives you a prescription. If you are a pitta, it gives you a specific amount of time per day that a person ought to be focusing on savasana. If you're a vata, it's even more time because you need that grounding. And if you're kapha, you need slightly less time. It still says do it, but slightly less time. And it gives you a different pranayama to use so that maybe you don't go too deeply into your savasana. You go right to that perfect space. Mm -hmm. It's so cool because in this book, it gives you modifications for savasana. It gives you time and pranayama per your dosha. It gives you proper alignment and it gives you additional propping ideas if you're Mm -hmm. struggling with comfort. So it's kind of cool. That's awesome. And it engages the root chakra because your whole body's connected to the earth. Yeah. In theory, Savasana is one of those where if you really get to that place of complete relaxation, you could really run a person through a really lovely nidra of all zipping all seven chakras up. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Why don't you do that for us? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. All right. (laughs) I was reading an article on um, Yoga Journal, and they said that Savasana is the most effective way to cultivate conscious surrender. But due to its introspective nature, it can be challenging for people with busy minds. But I loved how it's the most effective way to cultivate conscious surrender. And I just I, I thought that was just a lovely way of saying what it is. You know, it helps us to kind of reset remodel do you know put us all back in alignment where we're supposed to be but it's it is such a fantastic pose we don't give credit to really mm-hmm. and i yeah. you think about it from a standpoint of like We've, we've already given you like many things. It's, it's like the eraser of muscle memory. It's like the protein shake of relaxation <laughs> for your muscles. It's, it's like your stress reducer. It's like your dosha balancer. It's, I mean, like we could go down the list, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's importance is so credible and so tangible. And if you have a good instructor who's really wise about helping you, you into alignment in your savasana instead of just now we're moving into our final pose please take savasana and listen to this lovely song not yeah. adequate right <laughs> inadequate information. We need to be mindful to teach them how to tuck their shoulders properly, how to get their neck into proper alignment, how to get their arms rolled out into proper alignment, how to tuck their tailbone under and find that perfect space for the low back, Mm -hmm. and then how to extend through the heels and let the feet fall open. Like there is actually alignment that can be achieved if it is cued properly. Mm -hmm. And we really need to take the time to cue our students into a healthy, safe savasana so that they do receive benefit a b c d e and f well and tell them the benefits i mean you may have to tell them every you will have to tell them every single time before it sinks in but you know you a lot of times especially a lot of the clients I have, they want to know why. Why are you putting me here? Why can't I just go? We're done with practice. I want to go. And so if you explain to them why it's important, it may not sink in the first 30 times you tell them that, but eventually it will sink in. Yeah, I was going to ask you, um, have you ever had, and I bet you have, laid in Savasana and had someone put sandbags on your 
hip bones, your hip flexors, it feels amazing. Mm -hmm. It just, it's another one of those for me. And I don't know why I feel exposed in Savasana, but I do. So it helps me feel more grounded. It helps me feel more connected to, I hate to say the earth, but it does. It helps me feel more connected to everything. But it also, it's, it's also a safety thing for me, but it honestly, just from a feel good standpoint, it just feels good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's lots of things that you can do to help people connect the circuits in their body if they're feeling fidgety. And you you know, as a teacher, you've seen those students who lay down in Savasana and they cannot, they cannot relax. Mm-hmm. Like you see their fingers fidgeting, you their see feet. them flopping their feet. Yeah, like you can see they're like, uh, when can I be done? Like, when can I be done? When can I be done? Like you literally see the, you know, the rat spinning in the wheel. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, if you can just, I've even just walked over to a student and I've laid my hand flat on their hand just so that they realize, just soften, like, right? Because mm-hmm. they're so in it still. They're just, yeah. they're just moving. <laughs> like without moving, they're moving, right? Right. Yeah. You know, and I do notice a lot of times, you know, you want to keep that perfect anatomical position. A lot of times I see people flipping their heads over to the side. They'll just let their heads drop. But you really do want to make sure your nose is pointed straight up at the ceiling. So as an instructor, it's a nice way to give a little bit of self uh, of care to your students. If you have, you know, your tea tree oil and you can go just behind their neck and gently realign their neck and put them there with the oil on your hands, it's kind of a nice way of treating them. And then, so you're not saying, Hey, loser, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh. We could go down a whole nother episode on Savasana assists. It's my favorite <gasps> thing to teach in 300 hour mm-hmm. is all of the assists you can do for Savasana, which is so glorious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's another episode. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.